Hello everyone, welcome to Under the Wing. I am your host, Andrew Wingard, and I am extremely grateful that you are sharing your time with me today. I am excited that I get the opportunity to share with you the experiences and stories from all walks of life. Gather around, and let's begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Under the Wing. I'm your host, Andrew Wingard. And today we have an educator, administrator. Um, I'm so excited because this is my first educator that I'm having on. And I wanted to do my first episode with an educator. But unfortunately, uh, the timing and, and different things were going on with a friend. And so I'm, I'm excited to have Miss Nelda Sims with me here today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So we, we, let's jump right in, Ms. Sims. Tell us a little bit about Nelda Sims and, you know, you're, you're retired now. I'm uh, retired. <laughs> I'm we, a retired high school principal. <laughs> we were talking briefly that, uh, you know, in retirement, you've been busy. And, you know, they, they say once you retire, you never really stop going, you know, and so you it's... Know. it's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I haven't stopped. I've been very busy. I um, I wrote, I collaborated with a group that wrote a book. Mm-hmm. I established a scholarship in honor of my parents. I've been traveling. It has been a pandemic, but I've still been traveling. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken swimming lessons. <laughs> I meet up with old colleagues for lunch or breakfast. I, it's busy. I, you know, I'm loving it because as, even though I'm busy, I'm just doing whatever I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Enjoying life. Yeah. I'm just enjoying life. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So tell 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 the listeners a little bit about Nelda and kind of where you're from, and you know, you you mentioned you were an educator, kind of what your your journey there. Yeah. Well, I'm from Young, originally from Youngstown, Ohio. Um, I'm the second oldest of nine children, and um, I grew up. But um, my mom and dad, my mom and dad, you know, and these nine kids. So it was always, there <laughs> <laughs> was always action going on there. Um, I married young. I'm, I'm married with two children. I went back to school. I went to school. I went to college um, when I was 30 years old. Wow. And so, um, and so my life changed drastically from that point. But um, I, I've always hit the ground running, whatever I did. But that was like a 10-year journey. <laughs> and my, my career as an educator started as a paraeducator. I was a paraeducator for 10 years. The 10 years that I was attending college, I was a paraeducator. And I went wow. from that to being a teacher, from that to being an instructional team leader, and then an assistant principal, and then principal. And that is where I retired from. So it's wow. been quite the journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I, I share with everyone, y'all. I, I appreciate the the warmth and hospitality that was given to me in the city of Youngstown. And of course, we met in the city of Youngstown um, through your your generous acts in, in creating that scholarship in your parents' name. And so, you know, what was it like growing up in Youngstown, Ohio? <laughs> Youngstown, you know, I grew up in the church, so I probably was a little sheltered. Um, mm-hmm. So I, you know, as rough as things were, and I did know about some of the things like that, but I, I think I probably learned more about some of the dangers once I left Yosha. 
because it was, you know, it was just, I, I grew up on the, I, on the um, until fifth grade, I was on the north side. And then we moved to the south side of Youngstown. And we were like the first black um, family on my street. And wow. so we, you know, so it was, you know, we've always had it, even though my, my parents, my, uh, my father was self-employed and he worked and, you know, he was always working because his, his goal, his thing that he taught us to work hard and take care of your family. So yeah. he actually had my brothers working from, they were boys and they were still, they were going on that truck and they were working. He was a little male chauvinist because he felt like the girls, we were supposed to help at the, in the house <laughs> and everything. But um, we had a great, we, we were, we were, um, we were always taught to love God and to love family and to take care of each other. Those were the things that they taught us. And that's kind of how we grew up. And so as we got older, we're still very, very close, you know, very, very close with my uh, my siblings and everything. And I, and I think it's because that's what they've always taught us to do, that we are supposed to take care of each other. And then as far we grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. And so I've always been, you know, I've always I'm still in the church. I'm still a Christian and I I love the Lord. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> but um, but um, that's you know, that's my foundation. That's where that's what. That's what we were taught. We always had people at my house. My parents were givers. They they loved helping people and they loved um, sharing. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to establish the scholarship in their name because they were they were givers. They didn't attend. They never attended college or anything like that. But they taught us to share what we have with others. And so I wanted that scholarship to be in their name. And yeah. and the fact that um, I. It's for an education major and somebody, right. you know, I wanted it to, I wanted it to reach someone that kind of um, went, is going my journey, the journey that I went, you know, starting school um, to be a teacher. And I wanted to be someone with, um, you know, this need, need the scholarship. And, right. you know, and although my parents, you know, they, we didn't have much, well, we didn't really know that until after <laughs> we didn't have much, but what we did have, we always seen them um, sharing with others yeah. and everybody and our house was the hangout. It was like, we had nine kids. I don't know why everyone wanted to come in, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was, it was just that type of, um, and, you know, that was just that type of uh, place, that type of um, home. Wow. Well, you know what I, you know, I was talking with someone the other day and we were, we were talking about stories and I shared with you briefly a little bit before, um, recording, you know, where this podcast came from. And, you know, what I would like you to do, and I know this wasn't one of the questions, so I'm going <laughs> to throw, throw a curveball at you here. And as, because I know how much your parents mean to you, and I know how important those stories are to our development as, you know, adults and professionals and, and, and so on. And so do you have a story about your mom and dad that when you look back on and you're like, man, I remember that lesson that I learned from them? <laughs> my you know my parents uh, my mom was from arkansas she grew up in arkansas and my father was from alabama okay and then here and they both migrated to youngstown well to you know first michigan then youngstown but um the thing that we laughed the most about are some of the sayings that they had <laughs> that we knew what it meant we knew what they meant by telling us but we had no idea where did that even come from <laughs> you know so they still brought some things from the South that um, that they shared with us, uh, different phrases, and which right now I can't even think of. Well, why. <laughs> we generally, my my siblings and I, we're always, um, that's one of the 
ways we keep my parents alive is every is something always happens where we remember something that they said and we say it and we laugh about it and everything. In fact, I tell my brothers they have all turned into my father. <laughs> they're all they're all little TJ, they TJ Jr. You know, yeah. but um, they just had they were they were pretty they were they were strict in in some ways in the in the way that they wanted us to do the right thing. They wanted us to be. Um, good citizens, good people, yeah. you know. And so um, so um, one of the things I remember most about my parents is, is, as far as the lessons they taught, lying and stealing were the worst sins you could ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did not want to lie to, and you did not want to steal. And you didn't want to disrespect. They taught us to respect our parents too, to honor our parents. Yeah. And, um, and so those were some of the things that they... Um, that they really taught, they really emphasized, right. <laughs> you know, that you can do anything, you know, if you, if you get locked up, it's for fighting or anything else, <laughs> you know, you may have a chance, but if it's for stealing or, yeah, yeah I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to come look at, <laughs> so, but um, they were, they were, uh, they were good people. They, they, um, my father, especially, I've never, my father, um, he ended up, he was on, um, dialysis he had kidney mm. disease for 14 years wow he's he survived for 14 years on that and i tell people to this day i've never seen anyone he never wanted to stop working i've never seen anyone growing up he worked all the time yeah and when and he was to to the point of tears when he his health wouldn't allow him to work anymore but he um he he taught my brother they all have that work ethic they you know they work hard um, and, um, and that's what he taught. He never wanted to quit working. You know how some of us nowadays and it's time to retire, we can't wait. And it's right. happy and everything, but he never wanted to retire. He never wanted to stop working. And, um, and, and those are just some of the work ethics, some of the principles that they taught me and my, you know, my siblings is, um, the things that I distributed my success to it because there were principles. There were things that, uh, just just decent things that you should, you know, you should do and you should, you should follow. And, um, and, and one of them, as far as, especially with my father is just really working hard. Yeah. And of course my mother used to say, like most mothers, you could do anything you put your yeah. mind to. <laughs> you could do anything you put your mind to. She taught us to work hard and, um, and we could achieve anything. She also taught my sisters and I to take, you know, to make sure you, you know, you are independent and you can take care of yourself. You never know right. what may happen. You take care of yourself. <laughs> and she and they taught my brothers, you, you, you know, to work hard, of course, but they also taught my, my mother taught my brothers how to cook. But she said, okay. you don't know, you may marry somebody that don't know how to cook, so you better not. <laughs> Well, like little little things that was important to them, but yeah, paid off, paid off in the end because they all, you know. <laughs> I get it. I get it. It sounds a little bit like you know, we my grandfather was from Louisiana, and we always we kind of live through him now, you know, with yes. those sayings. And I remember yes. when his uh, he would always say, "I'll be a blue hand chicken," and so oh. <laughs> <laughs> to this day we don't know what that means. Uh -huh. But yeah, you yeah, know, right, we, right. we think about some of those. Uh... Yes, yeah, they're hilarious, and and we heard them all of our lives. And then you know, as we got older and grown, you know, it's like we just laugh at That's them because it. they 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 knew what they meant. Right. <laughs> so. Well, well, not too long ago, you you were honored as one of the Penguin Women on the Move, and 
you know, as you reflect, and we've talked many times about your career and your journey. And so, you know, as you reflect uh, on your time as an educator and administrator, what, what is one lesson that you learned or early on in your career that that kind of helped you continue to push through adversity? I, I think early on and even up until this day, um, how necessary it is to have someone to share your thoughts, your, your struggles, your challenges, your, um, even your successes within everything. I've always had, I've always had a mentor or a coach or something that, um, and I learned, even when I first started school, they weren't even necessarily a mentor, but I had, I remember this one English teacher, I was a paraeducator. And I remember this one teacher, a friend of mine, who would, um, even review my papers before I turned them in or, you know, or, or some, or and lots of people who would encourage me. I mean, it was tough going to school um, at the point that I, I went to school. Right. And so in my career and even starting my career, it's really, really important um, to have someone, to have someone. I believe in uh, mentoring, I believe in, and I try to do that myself with others but because I think it's really really important education especially in administration can be very lonely it can yeah. be tough and um if you don't have any you know you, if you don't have someone to um bounce things off sometimes you can feel pretty alone in those in that area wow that, that that's powerful because I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts not too long ago and you know the the theme is always it's lonely at the top and i remember one of the leaders who i can't remember their name but he said you know if you're lonely at the top it's because you you want to and like you said like you you made an effort to have people around you you have to you have to make an effort and and you do have to seek it out i agree with that you have to seek it out because you know what happens some people don't want someone to think that they're vulnerable or that they don't know something or or they don't know how to do something and they won't act and you you have to because you no one knows you cannot be the smartest one in the room <laughs> so, <laughs> you shouldn't be you should always be you should always be willing to learn and to grow and that means sometimes having that coach having that mentor or even that friend you know um i remember times when um um when I was working as, especially as an administrator, um, sometimes someone would do something or say something and you want to just like really let them have it. <laughs> and so there were times when I would write that email and I'd have someone read it before I said, push that send button because right. the first one is to get it off your chest. And the second one is to make sure that it's still very professional and that you're handling things in the right way. Right. You know? You, you mentioned something that I, I want I want to backtrack a little bit. You said you mentioned the word that I thought was pretty big on that that concept of not being alone and, and it's seeking like you you have to seek out, you know, you have to yeah. reach out. So there might be someone who's going into administration or they're going into a leadership position. You know, what advice would you give them if they're not, you know, maybe they're not comfortable seeking out something. Maybe they just don't know how, you know, what what yeah. advice would you share with yeah. them? Yeah. But it's just that it's, it's, it's very important. And so, um, you know, right now, and I've been retired two years. That's another thing that I keep busy with is I still have people who call me and ask for my advice on different things. Sometimes I'm like, you know, you have another principle, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's okay 
because um, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy mentoring. In fact, one of the greatest things that I enjoy doing is when I help someone to grow or to um, advance in their mm-hmm. career, like coming becoming a from, from being a parent to a teacher or being a teacher to an administrator. I enjoy doing that. I enjoy modeling it and sharing with them and, and helping encourage them to move on right. because that's what I had. And what I mean by seeking it, it's like, it's just, it's just that it's like, you cannot possibly think in this field, probably any field that you could do it alone. It's, right. it's, um, it's, it's tough. It's, it, it can be, you're making, and especially at the administrator um, level, you're making decisions 24 seven. Right. And many times you have to make them and live with them. You don't really have time to ponder sometimes, you, right. you know? And so you can discuss it and share it with someone and you can, you know, but there's a lot of times it's, there's not, there's many occasions where you don't have time. You don't have a lot of time, Right. you know, you have to do the best. You have to be confident in what you're doing and what you're saying and the decisions you're making. And honestly, you know, my faith and the fact that I, I prayed about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that that's one of the, and, I, and you know, a couple of people who um, I visit, got a chance to visit a couple of my friends who got promoted this year. And I told them, do not leave your faith. You, you bring right. it right there. You bring it there with you. And you, you, you trust God on, on, on everything. You bring it right into that building because um, there's a lot. To, in my career, I mean, I've had suicides. I've had, I've lost students to um, um, violence and, 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 and sickness and suicides and things of that nature. And, but it's a lot that happens and everyone is looking to you to right. be the calm one and to lead lead the school when when these when these that tragedies happen and so you don't really have the luxury to you know to <laughs> you can't fall apart and you right. you have to lead and so um because everyone's looking at looking for you to be just what who you are the leader right. and so and so but there's plenty of people uh, maybe not plenty, but you have to identify who they are. Right. Who, who you have to, because I, I won't say that there's plenty. <laughs> right. That's because, um, it, but but you have to identify who the people are that can help you when you're feeling overwhelmed. Because there's going to be some some times when you're overwhelmed, or when you're when you're facing challenges, when you you know um, things. I think I mentioned in my book there are times when you know I put someone on leave because of right. this, that, or the inappropriate. But you know, those aren't really you know those are things you want to just. Uh, well, I don't even want to deal with this, but you have right. to deal with it. You it's it's your it. job. It's yeah. your job. That's that's let's, since you brought up the book, let's let's talk a little bit about the book and and the reason. And I'll explain myself in terms of why I wanted my first episode to be with an educator is because I my experience, the experience that I had as a substitute t- teacher changed my life in grad school. And it's oh. like it was the perspective. And that's, you know, seeing that from that yeah. side of the fence really changed everything of, of how yeah. I looked at our educators and kind of what they have to do. Like you said, all the things that yeah. you're going through on a daily basis. And so your your book, um, you, you got together with some peers and, you know, Hidden Insight in Educator's Perspective was, I mean, it was a phenomenal read. And, and just getting the perspective from all of those different educators and administrators. And so, you know, I want to dive into that a little bit, but I want to, you, you mentioned 
you know, starting college late. And I, I wanted to touch base on this because I was just with the former teammate and he was going back to college and I was so proud. And, but I also know that that's not easy. It's not you easy. Know? So, so, you know, talk to me, you know, uh, describe what that experience was like. Okay. Well, you know, just like you said, when you were substitute, when you were a substitute teacher and mm-hmm. it changed your life, well, I was secretary doing all these little jobs, secretary, retail, and detail. And I started being, uh, um, I started working in the schools as a um, paraeducator. Yeah. And first I was a substitute for the spring. I was a long-term sub. Well, then they hired me for the next school year. Well, it was so impactful. And it was like the kids were responding to me. And I was <laughs> enjoying it. It was the first time that I really, you know, I, I was just like, wow. And I was I was one of those paraeducators that was very involved in the school. You know, I was get, I was doing trips with the kids. I was I was sponsoring this group and I was and I was really enjoying it. And at some point I thought, wow, if I'm gonna do all of this, I should just be become a teacher. Well, yeah. in the meantime, I'm 30 years old. I'm 29, 30 years old when I made that decision. And um, but I knew I just felt I felt the call. Yeah. I felt I felt I found I found a place um, that I that I was really good at. I was, I was like, this is this is cool. In fact, um, I, I often share with pair educators that um, teachers assistants that right now that are very active in their school. And and I said, beware, because there'll be people that are bit intimidated by that and and wonder why you get results that they can't get. I said, I've been there, yeah. so I know it's going to I know it's going to happen. But you just keep going. You keep doing it because you're there to serve kids. Right. You're there to serve. You're there to, you're, here to, you're there to support kids. And in fact, I was with um, in Ohio. It's called. I don't know if they still call it that. It was SBH, Severe Behavior Handicap. That's where I started. Okay. So here, they're ED, emotionally disturbed. So I was always with children that had behavior problems, <laughs> and I always. And I often say, if that's where you decide you want to work, you really want to right, do it. Right. Right. And so, but anyway, so I started, I started, I went to school. I was, I talked to someone and said, I'm going to go to school. And I t- was taking two classes. Um, and it was tough because at that point, um, I, again, I hadn't been in school since I was eight, 17, 17. Right. And when I graduated, and so I had to take some prereqs and everything. I just had not been to college. You know, I had been, when I was in high school, I took secretarial classes. And that's what I, I was in a program where I was a secretary and I ended up working at the bank. And, you know, that's what I thought that was my career path. Right. But when I started going to school and I started, um, it was, I'm in this, I'm in classes with, um, first of all, I'm in most of my classes, I was the oldest and I was many times the only minority in the class. And right. These were all kids. These were all kids. Um, and <laughs> it was like, it was it was pretty tough. And I was never, um, and, and some of them were very nice. I met some very nice young people that I wish I even knew where they were now. Yeah. But, um, and they were, all, they were always respectful and everything. And um, I remember this one quarter that I went to school and the teacher, she it was during the summer because sometime I would go in the summer because I want you know it seemed so far off what all I had to take and everything I, I was majoring in um well first I was going for social work and right. then I then I changed it to after I got an associate degree 
my student advisor, she said, no, you're not finished. You, you got to keep going. And I'm like, what? I'm going to go get this associate to go. And so, um, but this one teacher, this one teacher, one time she saw, and I was, this, this meant a lot to me, but she saw apparently how overwhelmed I was because yeah. I, you know, you know how this summer class that you, you're just taking, you're doing double, you know, right. everything. Right. And it was giving me to be the holiday. And she said, you got to do this. You got to read this. And, and this is going to be doing blah, blah, blah. And I must have, my facial expression must have <laughs> been like, to the point that that teacher called me. She called me at home. You know, that was before cell phones and everything. Right. She called me at home and she said, Nelda, I just want you to know you're doing fine in class. I don't want you. You seemed a little overwhelmed. I mean, she really, she reached out to encourage me. She said, don't, you know, take some time with your family. Do, you know. And, and it, it meant a lot to me. And that might have been one of the times when I, one of the beginning times when I realized that you need to seek help. I didn't seek right. help. She she came to me. But, um, you know, going to school with young people and um, it was a learning curve. And, and the, to the fact that I went for a whole year and it was some other things going on in my life too, but I I, I left. I, I wasn't ready for it right. mentally and emotionally. I wasn't ready for it, and it took me a whole year wow. before I returned. Got back. I, when I once I returned, I I stuck with it. I did it. I got the associate. I got the bachelor. I did the student. I did my student teaching in the position in a position. So it was so you know I was doing it. I I um the, a couple times I had to take a leave from work because it was classes. You know how right. that is. It was classes that was only um, offered during this semester or what it was quarters back then. Right. So, um, but it was just you know it was tough because you you think you know when you're that age and you're in school. Um, you you think, and I did meet some other people my age when I, you know, when yeah. I got into my major and everything, but, but you think, wow, I'm wasting, you, you, you kind of look at it as a waste of time, but it's never a waste of time. And so I right. can truly say to people now that it's never, you're never too old Yeah, <laughs> and it's not a waste and it's not a waste of time. And so, um, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, it was quite the experience. And when I, when I, so a funny story, my brother and sister-in-law um, had, um, they celebrated her 50th birthday and their 25th wedding anniversary this summer. Nice. And they had a theme, Bruce. It was Bruce. Oh, okay, they yeah, had, yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was a 90s theme and everybody's supposed to dress. And I told them, I have no idea what was happening in the 90s. <laughs> I said, that decade, that decade. <laughs> I was so busy. I was in school. I was raising kids. I, I said, I have no idea. Don't right. even I, I have just don't even ask me. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of the joke that needed to say. I didn't dress in the nineties, but right. but I was joking about it. But I was serious about it. That oh man, the nineties that was yeah. a tough. That was tough. That was that was that those years that I was in school and doing wow. all of that. Wow. Well, thank you, thank you so much for sharing that that story and. Uh, I wanted to hear a little bit about that. I, 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 I've listened to you talk about it and I've read it in the book. And so, you know, <laughs> uh, as as we wind down for these last couple of questions, I want to take some time and, you know, talk about hidden insight um, and educators perspective. And so you got, uh, I think, what is it, about eight, six or seven or eight uh, educators, administrators kind of combined in this book. Yep. You know, what what was the inspiration behind, you know, I, I want to be a part of this project? What you know, well, it didn't actually happen like that. Okay. 
when I was asked to do it, I, my first instinct was that I can't do that. Like, <laughs> what? what? You know, writing a book, I have no experience, you know. And the person that was over this project, she would say, you have a lot to share, you know. And um, and when I thought about it, I did have a lot to share. It actually, it wasn't even hard to write because it was just, just flowing. the reflecting, just the reflecting part and, and realizing that, yeah, Wow, a lot did happen. And I talked to my my daughter and my daughter-in-law and um, told them about the project. And they both encouraged me for the same reason. They said, Mom, you have a you have a lot to share. You 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 know, you have accomplished a lot, da 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 da. And so and so I decided to do it. Um, reluctantly, I decided to do it. But when I started it, it was kind of therapeutic for me. It was kind of gave me an opportunity. I thought about things, some things that I hadn't I hadn't thought about in years. Yeah. And um and so writing it was not the hardest thing because it, it I was just I was just sharing what I what I had experienced. What I hope to what I what I started thinking of is that not to boast or anything, but it, it was a story that I wanted to share with others because I, what I wanted was people to be able to resonate. It wanted, I wanted it to resonate with people and, and to get the message that, you know, um, that they can do this. Yeah, they can do it. They can. It's never too late. And that um, and that what regardless of the obstacles or challenges challenges or whatever that you got to stick to it you got you got you got to hang in there and um yeah. and you 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 can achieve you know um when i became a principal i had in my mind i had decided that i i knew then that i was retiring in 3 years and then right. here they come with this this principal thing i'm like what are you all talking about <laughs> I'm ret- I'm retiring. I'm not, you know, and so it's never, you know, you you never could throw the towel in. You never know what's 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 in your future, right. and as long as you're that. Um, but I did always believe my whole years, as, as even from being a paraeducator, I always things would always happen where I knew I, I wanted to do more yeah. to help. Kids. I just wanted to help kids. I wanted to be a support for kids, and so. Every level gave you an opportunity to do more for for kids and to share more, and um, and so uh, becoming the principal was like you know it was something that I had once. It's like you know I wanted to do it at one time, but it's just at that point I was thinking that that ship had sailed. Yeah. Wow. Well, I I, I enjoy the perspective from all the educators, and I, I highly suggest that read. Um, because it's just good. It's insightful to see behind, you know, the eyes of what you, what you all um, would go through on a day to day basis. And it's just good yes. to have that perspective. And so, you know, as I as I end every conversation on this podcast, what I like to do is ask you to I'm, I'm big on giving out roses. And so I'm not sure if you've uh, if you're familiar with that, but pretty much you're giving your rose to someone that's meant something to you, whether it's your mentor or a friend or a peer. Um, you know, what I would like you to do is give out that one rose today to someone that's special to you. Okay. Well, you know, my family and friends were all very supportive and everything, but there's one person that when I moved here to Maryland, he, he was my principal. 
Uh-huh. And to this day, he's still my he's still my mentor. In fact, we him and I were at lunch the other day with another friend of ours who just got promoted. And what he did and what he showed showed us um, and me um, how much the the job entailed. And it was like sharing and getting to know the kids and mentoring and coaching and all of this. He was the person that um, came to my classroom and handed me paperwork and said you need to go back to school to get your master's degree (laughs) I'm like what I mean I literally had just I mean I think it was like two years after I graduated and it moved here and um but he said you you know he said he's seen something a lot of times you run into people that see things in you that you don't see in yourself and he told me he handed me the paperwork because we had a cohort um in the county where you know um the county was um was taking care of some of this and they had 10 or 15 people together and we was all going for administration and supervision and he was the one that did that he was also the one that um so that that um those years he always he mentored me right away without even you know he mentored me and he coached me he got me to go back to school he supported me through that whole thing and uh, a month after i graduated with my administration and supervision he um he promoted me because he wasn't no longer the principal. He, in the meantime, he had gotten promoted. He was the director, <laughs> and he was the one that promoted me to be an assistant principal. By the time it was time for me to be a principal, he was no longer with the counter or anything. But it was funny because not funny. It's it's just that the some of the years that I was in the counter, he wasn't there. I felt like I didn't have. There was times that I right. didn't. I felt like I didn't have anyone there. But I could always pick up the phone. I still pick up the phone. You know, he's still doing the same thing. He's retired, just like I am. Except he's still mentoring. He's still coaching. He's still, you know, um, encouraging people. And and a lot of um, my style, um, I've worked with two other administrators that that served under him. And we all have similar styles. It was because of him and his style and how he, he, how he, ran his school and ran and 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 um I, I don't want to say ran the school but just how he you know how the how, how the school how everything flowed yeah. under his leadership and so we we laugh about it sometimes because sometimes things will happen or we'll say something and it'll be a roger thing <laughs> <laughs> we all got it from him <laughs> yeah well well shout out and much love to all the mentors and uh the leaders who take time to mold us and share with us their story. So they're, they're very important. And so what I would like you to do now is, you know, where can people find hidden insight in educators perspective? Hidden insight um, is um, it's on Amazon. They can get it from Amazon. They can, um, if they want an autograph copy, they could get it at my cash app. Um, dollar sign Nelda Sims and send me their address and I'll um, and I'll send them my um, autograph copy. Um, I'm on every social media. I'm on Facebook, um, well, I don't know, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter, um, and that's how they can contact me. Um, I'm all, my email address is Sims at gmail.com. But but the book is on Amazon. If they just want a copy of it, um, if they could get it, they could go right on Amazon and get it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Miss Sims. I know you're busy in retirement, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm happy I was able to steal a couple minutes from you. And uh, I, I just appreciate you taking time to chat with me today. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Thank you, and good luck to you and your podcast.
Thank you so much for listening to Under the Wing. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you enjoyed today's show and you would like to support the podcast, tell a friend or two, share on social media, or leave a rating and review. You can follow me on Instagram at Under the Wing with Andrew. Again, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.